Brandt had a bit of space for himself. Brandt, and what a chance! It's finished by Mukoko! Of Dortmund masterwork. It is a piece of masterwork! Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper, and it! A one-man counter-attack! Coming straight back with Mane! Hey, welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. Happy belated Thanksgiving, man. How's it going? How was your uh, little vacay? Doing well. Very thankful for these last two wins that we picked up recently. It's it's hard not to um, feel very good whenever you get victories like that. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanksgiving was good. It was a good like family time. Good Thanksgiving. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, coming back with these wins, I feel like last episode uh, with Jake from 50 plus donor was it wasn't i mean there was a lot of ranting and and venting and frustration that has maybe been i don't know there was there was a lot and maybe a (laughs) a little more like negative episode i mean it was a super fun episode to do but a little more on the ugh venting negativity a little bit and how things uh were looking and then of course we turn around and we get these these two big wins uh which is always good and like We'll gladly get shut up with some some good performances. <laughs> so if we can just keep figuring things out and keep cruising. Um, I mean, the the problem, though, I mean, obviously, yeah, take these wins. We're still so far behind in the Bundesliga. Uh, it It is a long season, though, and we saw what we did the second half of, of last season. So uh, not writing us off yet. I think there's still there's always a chance, uh, even though we were pretty down last week. Uh, this is a. A good sign. Although the beginning of the Gladback game was not good, it was just horrid, 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 horrid. And thankfully, we were able to turn it around. Yeah, that was a nightmare start. That first half hour, we were completely—I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Well, yeah, we were completely asleep, and it was very concerning. Terzic is a very solid um, match day manager or match day coach. I think he can really, you know, uh, he's he's very. Uh, obviously pragmatic and I think he's pretty idealistic for games that are right in front of him. But I think a lot of his, uh, a lot of his, a lot of our concerns with him, I guess, are just his management over time. And, you know, lack of a better term, like periodization of just the games, you know, moving forward of like, you know, two or three weeks from now. Um, but I think he tackled both of these games very well is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen that, like Chelsea Champions League last season comes to mind where a completely different setup, but like it worked, right? Or Man, Man City, maybe it was the Man City yeah. uh, for, first game against Man City where, I mean, kind of low block, five at the back basically, uh, but, it, but it worked. It's like handling that game in a one-off situation, great. He did well. Uh, these games we were able to turn it around. I don't know. I mean, we kind of turned around in 30-minute mark, so I don't know if that was necessarily a Terzic thing or the guys were just like, shit we gotta get this going and then obviously in the second half to to keep keep uh keep pushing which is good obviously um but yeah it, it seems like long term and maybe that is these these other decisions like these roster decisions and everything and and maybe it is like if you had a little more depth in certain positions like we'd see a better what seems like an overall coaching vision and and plan and, and management um 
over a period of time. And that's where I think it gets frustrating and, and concerning, like you said. Like it's hard to see a plan when we just have these gaping holes in our in our rosters and in lineups. Right, right. Um, so let's let's tackle this Gladback game first. So we're going to cover both the Milan game and the Gladback game, but let's talk about this uh, game at the weekend in the Bundesliga. So Dortmund are were were excuse me winless in their last three Bundesliga matches going into this fixture. Two of their most recent matches were losses, of course, to Stuttgart and Bayern. Gladback, on the other hand, finding their best run of form all season in the past week and a half or so with being unbeaten in their last three league games. And we mentioned already, but they had the thrashing against Wolfsburg uh, before that. So, uh, of course, you and I both, me definitely not were, uh, well, I was a lot more pessimistic for this game. I expressed my concerns already for that to not only recover from those recent results that I just mentioned, but also try to build some more consistency with our performances. Um, a lot of the games that we have won this season, you could argue were pretty undeserving. Um, and of course that, you know, you can argue that is by design with, you know, the philosophy that Terzic wants to try to implement here. Um, but still, you want to try to have more consistent results and not just, you know, like the title of our last episode, one step forward, then you have two steps back. Um, yeah. Do you have any other thoughts before the game or? Um, I mean, at least we got two steps forward this time for now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, well, well I'll, I'll run through the lineup. I uh, We obviously saw Chan come back. Like, it looked like a pretty solid lineup. Um, see the changeup with, uh, well, I'll, let me run through it first. Kobel and goal, obviously. Uh, Rierson <coughs> at right back. Hummels and Schlotterbeck are two center backs. And Benza Baini, which I feel is our strongest back line. Um, Correct, yeah. Chan and Sabitzer, kind of two holding. Um, and then Royce Brandt. I mean, this I guess this shows 4 2 3 one. I don't remember what was on TV, maybe a 4 3 3 um, but Royce Brandt, JBG, and then uh, Full Krug up top, uh, which I, I'd say pretty strong lineup. There uh, is obviously the rotation. Well, Chan c- is coming back in. My slight concern with that was, um, well, I mean, the first 30 minutes didn't help, but I was just thinking he's been gone for so long. Like, is this the best way to like just let him start? Granted, I know we're I now matches out, but Sally Ocean has been playing decent. Um, I feel so. I, I thought that was a, a bit surprising, but again, like it, it comes down to what's happening on the training pitch. Um, and he only played like 67 minutes. So I, I guess whatever I can't complain with, but that was my concern going into it. Like, is he ready for a, a full start? And then JBG uh, coming in for Malin. Yeah, I guess Malin could Adiyemi hasn't really been starting. So getting that swap out a little rotation there. And I mean, I was excited to see Malin and I was not ready for that performance. Uh, it was he was fantastic. Uh, yeah, well, JBG with the start though, I think it was very deserved. I've been saying that yeah. for the past like few weeks now. He's really uh, contributed contributed a lot here this season, and he's and he's the exact kind of winger we need at the moment. And and I'll talk about him, but I want to talk about Gladback's shape. They set up in a three five two, which is completely different from whatever I was predicting the week prior, just because they have been running similar systems and a, or I should say a pretty consistent system. Um, at least for shape this season, but they're still utilizing their wing backs and their wide players in general. Like, you know, a lot of their attacks came from nets early on their, their left wing back. Of course you have Anarat too, a more of attacking player, of course, but either way, still trying to stretch the pitch here. We talked about that first half or first half hour being a nightmare. Uh, Dor- yeah, Dorman were just tucked away in bed, catching some Z's catching up on their sleep and napping away while Gladback just piled on the pressure from early on those opening minutes and eventually got a well-deserved lead through a very direct play too. 
I mean, the first goal came from Gladbeck just finding a pocket of space between our lines, player receiving the pass, turning around, finding a pass in behind. Pretty straightforward stuff, right? Like as far as tactics go, this is pretty cut and dry, which is surprising why, which is, it, it is surprising that Dortmund could not, you know, deal with that. They couldn't cover the passing lane to begin with, nor did they close down space whenever player received the ball and he turned and he found a pocket of space to play in behind there. Um, just kind of shocking defending. You'd expect us to be mm-hmm. a, a bit more switched on, um, especially again at home. But second goal was even more inexcusable, I would argue. With well, they also had that one, the offsides call, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. yeah, like probably I, I he was like slightly offsides, but if he would have just like held his run a little bit because it was it was two they were they were past they were past us like there was no question uh, where the defender was. It was strictly like where the ball was played because they were. Both their players who were running and, and attacking like were were past our defensive line completely. So just if he would have just hung up, hesitated a, a little bit, uh, it would have been a goal. And like he was just barely a kneecap off. Like again, like getting caught out, getting cut through. Um, yeah. So I mean, we were lucky on that for it uh, to to get pulled back. Yeah, we were. And and the second goal came not far long after that. Um, again, arguably and more inexcusable with hesitant defending. Uh, Matthew Kone picks up the ball in our own 18, dribbles around three defenders, dribbles out of the box, and then I think right back in or just right at the top of the box to find space and and, and shot and got the shot off. Now, granted, it was a rocket. It was was a perfectly placed shot as well. Koble, you know, almost like a courtesy dive. But the shot shouldn't happen to begin with. Mm -hmm. He should not have had that kind of space and time to find something like that. Just two of those goals in general, very preventable, and they should not have happened. Yeah, I mean the Kone goal, like you said, it was a it was a rocket, but he should not have got gotten anywhere close to getting a, a shot off. You have those where he like the ball comes, it's kind of floating in or deflected. He just settles it really <laughs> kind of calmly, turns around, and we have three defenders just standing there, basically like they're trying, like slowly, like going up to him, but they're all like just you see him like just prepare for a shot, and it's like no, go get the ball. He's outside the 18 and then I don't know if I don't remember if it was Chan or Sabitzer but someone kind of comes in and tries to take a kick at it and then doesn't even get close enough and then you see uh Benzabaini who's in the 18 around the PK spot who again is like probably five yards off of him and already prepped for a shot um where he's he's like planted and just ready for it but the ball goes three past him to his left it's like not you're not even close you're not even in a good position and it was just so so sad to watch these guys just like very half-hearted not even trying to get to the ball and i maybe it's like they they're trying to be cautious with like not getting the handball because i mean and them all just like being cautious and getting their arms in and and tucking and but i don't know it's like you got to be a little more aggressive and just get get to the ball because they did not step at all. It was it was sad because there was there was six or seven Dortmund players around him. Three that should have stepped immediately, but six in the vicinity, and he's just casually like dribbles around like it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was a general lack of commitment and initiative from really the whole team. Uh, maybe barring obviously Koble uh, for those first thirty minutes, and again, just a, a nightmare start. I. Yeah, I mean, I would have said, you know, I'm a bit more surprised, but I honestly wasn't. I said last week that I was a bit nervous that we would still be switched off and 
Gladbeck are going to punish us for uh, in moments like that. And and they again, like you said, they could have punished us more barring that offside, but we responded really well. What were you going to say, sir? Oh, I, I was just going to say that that moment kind of summed up like that first 30 minutes in general, like right. play throughout the field. Like we weren't first to balls. We weren't even like trying to go for balls. Uh, we could barely like all our passes were just array, like couldn't connect anything, weren't being physical, weren't being aggressive uh, anywhere. And that that goal just like summed up it all. But it was like a very poor 30 minutes. And then, yeah, get into the goal. Um, yeah. Good, good to see it turn around. Like we, I think the first five minutes in the match, which we skimmed over, were decent. We saw, and we saw kind of some sexy football, which I liked. Which we got into that a little more with uh, the goals too. Yeah, that response after going two 0 down was not even two minutes later, if I'm not wrong. But it's it's been a concern for a while. But I just hate how we have to dig ourselves out of holes uh, that we made. Uh, mm-hmm. So early on in, in so many games, it's just it's it's so unnecessary. Again, it's at home. We should be doing this to the opposition rather than we're waiting to win. They come on to us and then we just kind of sit there like, oh, like, oh, and we have to react to that and pull ourselves up. Um, but I mean, that is what we did, though. We responded almost immediately, uh, scored three goals in 15 minutes as the second or the first half came to a close. Excuse me. Did you have a favorite goal from those three that come to mind or? I think the, I think the second one. Mm, I don't that was remember. The full crew goal. Yeah, yeah, the full crew goal. Um, I mean, I love the first one. Like, what I, I want to talk on the first one first. I mean, but the second one is probably my favorite. But first one, and they were like two minutes apart, right? Right. Uh, first one, like for everything we saw before, like it, it was a transition goal, but fantastic by Royce and Brandt to immediately like push it. Cause that's what we didn't see in the 30 minutes, right? We, we saw no real effort to create anything or really push it. And in that moment, Royce is like, I'm, I'm going forward. I'm pushing forward, gets, gets out of traffic, sends it up to Brandt, uh, and then work it up the field quickly, uh, to get the goal, which is great. And then, uh, I mean, do you have anything on that goal before <laughs> the second one? Thank you for bringing that up. I completely fra- failed to mention that, but it, it was Royce that was just taking the whole team and putting him on his back. And he's like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not letting this happen. And yeah, like you said, drove everyone forward. That did not start or that doesn't, that goal does not happen without him starting that whole play. So yeah, I mean, it, it was a very good goal. And that second one too was, that was my favorite. I mean, I think it was mm-hmm. very close second, uh, the first goal from, um, from Sabitzer, but that full crook finish. Well, first of all, JBG that the chess settle of him was was pretty good. You know, it was very calm. It was and, a header, wasn't it? Just a header? I think. He oh, just it might like it might have been. I thought it, I thought it was a chess settle. It could it could have been a header. But it was I just mean, like a more... oh yeah, one touch like just head headed down uh, to full crew. Who that finish was crazy. I don't remember who sent it up to. I think JBG, it was Schlotterbeck. Okay, but just like a, I mean, great great team goal again. Like it just we completely turned around. Like after that second goal went in. Uh, from Gladback, which was, I don't know, it, both these goals, like I didn't expect them. I'm like, okay, now we're now we're pushing, now we're doing something, now we're 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 fighting a we're little awake. bit. And, yeah, and it, it was it was great to see, and it was it was like that kind of sexy football, and you saw a little more like some flick passes and a lot of heels, and I you get that with JBG. Um, and I loved his drive like throughout this whole match. Like he was the player of the match for me, like getting that assist. Uh, but then also just like no fear, just t- he's like I'm just gonna take him on, and it seemed like we were letting him do that, but like. We were also like we were sending a lot of long balls, um, which I didn't love. But there was a lot of also like give it to JBG and let him just go. And I I love to see that. Like I, I like the confidence from him. Um, and it's like we haven't 
I feel like we haven't seen that from anyone else this season. It was really refreshing, and he he killed it. His totally agree. We have a history of that with wingers too. I mean, Sancho was pretty similar, at least in the first like few years of his career here, where he would have the freedom to kind of do what he wanted with the ball. You know, give him the opportunity to just go ISO against an appoint- opponent. And um, JBG thrives off that. I mean, it's similar to Sancho, right? Mm-hmm. He wants the 1v1s. He loves engaging multiple opponents at once, try to make space for other people, um, just dominate those 1v1s. But yeah, that full, just going back, that full Krug finish was, it was chef's kiss. I mean, it, it almost looked like a shinner almost, but uh, it was a half volley and very difficult to do. He made it look so easy, very calm and collected finish from the uh, the veteran striker now. I think that's four goals in a Dortmund kit this year. So he's, I mean, he's finishing some tough chances. If he could just mm-hmm. pocket, you know, those a uh, little bit easier chances, like you saw against Milan, he would be uh, just scoring that many more goals. But yeah, I don't want to take too much credit from away from him because it was a very good finish. And uh, yeah, we'll go on to score the third one right before the half. And this time it was Jamie Bino Gittens. And uh, he had a goal and assist this game. And I don't want to get too far ahead, but with the Milan goal too, that is four goal contributions in his last three games for Dortmund and all comps. It, if that doesn't scream that this man just deserves to be starting at the moment. Yeah. I don't know what does. Yeah. And I mean, it shows the, like sometimes it just takes time. And I feel like, I mean, I know he, he's had some injury stuff too, but um, we saw some good glimpses last season and we saw like some moments in games. Uh, but for this to be like back to back games, I think he played a little more than 60 in each game. So getting, quote unquote, like full games in and, and getting the start and like having a really good performance throughout throughout the matches uh, is what we like to see. And I don't know, there, there's obviously he's still young. There's still the chance he could dip off a little bit, but it's it's performances like this that you like to see and uh, should appreciate while while he's uh, while he's kicking and, and don't get too too upset if he starts to fall off a little bit, because that that's the thing with the young players like they can be a little streaky. Uh, and that's why you need to kind of build build them up, build them in and and whatever. But if man, if he can just keep cracking yet, yeah, yeah, he, he, he shouldn't be dropped unless you need to do some kind of rotation, uh, for fitness reasons. But yeah, he's flying. And I know the sample size is pretty small, but I think he's really improving on what we've been talking about for him the past several months of just him learning to, you know, to actually how to shoot, um, his decision-making with his passing. I mean, he's really setting up a lot of people to succeed and, and should be getting even more goal contributions, arguably. Um, so, you know, credit to him for pinpointing those areas of improvement and really trying to attack those and and do better. So, I mean, yeah, he was he was great this match. And um, a great, again, great response from going 2-0 down at, and a good mentality and, and fighting spirit from the guys to come back from this. Uh, hopefully... This isn't just a flash in the pan, and and we're going to continue to build on this. Uh, that second half started out pretty well, but then Gladbach tried to claw their way back and built on more pressure as the game went on. I never felt too nervous until the dying moments whenever Gladbach missed, well, Christoph Kramer missed that enormous chance. right out, I think it was right inside the 18, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, I think it might have been a half volley, but I mean, he completely skied, again, a golden opportunity to come back in the dying minutes of the game and, and he should have tied it up. I mean, yeah. or not tied it up, but yeah, tied it up yeah. because it was in a four, two. What am I saying? I feel like for a good port, well, the 30 minute mark on until maybe, I don't know, seven, like they're 70. I, I feel like, or maybe 80. I feel like the last, like the pressure was kind of building like last 10 minutes, like they were getting some good chances. Um, and 
like for a while, it felt like we were always going to get another goal. It felt like we had complete control. And then it slowly started to slip away. And you kind of remember, it's like, oh, we're only a goal up. They could easily, especially towards the end, like that, I I was thinking they were going to tie it up and, and and get the point. And I mean, from that first 30 minutes, like maybe deserved, but we were able to hang, hang on, thankfully. And then, uh, yeah, get the final goal. I was definitely worried, though. I thought we were going to give up the, the point, which was would have been really upsetting after the performance we had for a majority of the game um, or maybe half the game. I, I don't know how time works, but uh, yeah. And then <laughs> to, to, uh, to that with that final corner kick goalie forward, if we want to jump ahead to the end um, and then to put it away and get, get the fourth is nice. Um, obviously like there's no one back, right? Like this is a prime opportunity to get a goal, but I think also good on Mullen to kind of just in that moment, just boot the fall forward ball forward and chase it down because he's like i'm no i know i'm fast but there's still a couple defenders around him um who could have attempted to make it a foot race but that that decision to just kick the ball forward immediately so that he could run as fast as he could like that was such a smart move which led to him actually getting the goal and once he hit across a halfway line like defenders just stopped running there was no chance of catching him yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And I know that's in the end, a very, very, well, the easiest finish he's going to have in his career. But that first big touch into space mm-hmm. that he had was vital and a good IQ for him to um, to recognize that. But yeah, puts the game to bed. 4-2, walk away with the, with the much uh, deserved and, and needed victory here. We're still 10 points off the league leaders, Leverkusen, but a, a good response uh, in the league given the last three we were winless and two of those we lost. So, uh, you know, good results. And just, again, can we build on this going into midweek football in Europe? Because, again, a vital match. A win would automatically qualify up and eventually did to get into the round of 16. Um, and a chance also to put us in the driver's seat to finish top of the group as well, which is huge going into the knockout stage, get an easier opponent. I assume most people already know this, but I was also very nervous for this game too. I mean, we were away at Milan. Even though we've picked up some forward in the Champions League, um, I still am just just cautiously optimistic is all. Yeah, and I mean going into this match, also like we, we've been we've been doing well in the Champions League, obviously, and doing it in in the group of death, which is why like this match is is so important because a win, great, we're secured, but like a loss, just everything everything is up in the air again, and it's still super tight too. Like the group now, even uh, after this win, like there's gonna a lot will come down to like we're through, but we're not top yet necessarily. We like yeah, we're not going to finish top. Well, yeah, because um, we can, but we are. We can right now. Yeah, um, but yeah, a lot of pressure on this game, uh, and it, it's a way too. So at AC Milan, I know they haven't been great in Champions League so far, but I mean, still a chance, and especially if they're home, and this is a, a must-win game for them too. Um, but let's get into the uh, lineup first. Pretty similar lineup. There was one change, um, and also good to see. This is what we question week after week: like how how many ga- back-to-back games can all these guys do? Um, yeah, but same back four. We had Koble, Sabitzer, Chan, Royce, uh, Bino Gittens getting the start again. The only change was seeing Malin come in uh, with Brant or for Brant and full Krug up top. There's also Sule was out due to illness, and there's one other player. And Schlotterbeck was also having a cold in the hotel. Okay. He went along with the team. So we didn't know until literally hours before day of that Schlotterbeck was going to be involved, let alone starting this match. So 
we brought on um, Henry. God, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, but I think his first name's Henry Henry Blake from the blank from the second team, who's another center half, and brought him on for depth because we didn't know what the uh, the lineup was going to look like. And I, I mean, I did I did text Carver during the match because I was looking looking at the lineup, and I saw. I mean, I, I realized who he was quickly, but I, I had no idea who it was. I'm like, who who is this random guy? Oh, he's from. Uh, Borussia Dortmund too, and he's a center back, and it just shows. It's like if in a Champions League match, granted, like there's illness, and but if if you have to bring up a guy from Dortmund too, due to one guy being out, like you don't you see the problem? You see the problem now? Like no, of course uh, they don't. No, <laughs> oh, just crazy. Um, so yeah, I read a read online from just what Milan supporters thoughts were. And, and even like alumni, I saw a, a quote about um, them hoping, I forgot who it was, wh- what the relation was to the club, but someone uh, that worked at Milan was saying he was hoping Hummels would play and then that he would be feeling better um, given that, I guess they could exploit the lack of pace that Hummels has. And, what and, and a lot of idiot. supporters saying we were going to have a high line and then Milan would just rip us apart on the counter. Woof. Did that Bunch completely... <laughs> get thrown in their face yeah age like milk age like milk i mean we conceded a penalty early on it was a really unfortunate but you know deserved penalty from schlutterbeck's handball and then you have gregor kobel coming up again saving three of the last four penalties he's faced in the champions league which is unreal given the stat it's outside of the champions league but you know we had a keeper who didn't make a save in the bundesliga for almost ten, you know like seven or eight years uh before that and then even Weidenfeller years before that, too. So, I mean, Koble just keeps coming up in these big, big moments and, and just bailing us out. Yeah. Um, yep, Koble. God, I love that, man. And Hummels. I love him. I love him so yeah. much. No, we're going to get all... into Hummels. Don't, don't get me <laughs> okay. wrong. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not leaving him out yet. I just wanted to... I, I just wanted to add, because you said age like milk while we have our fine wine. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we, of course, went a penalty minutes after that, completely flipped the game Wild on its head. Wild 10 minutes. What a crazy 10 right. minutes. We, I had this on at the office, and we're all just like, what is happening? What is going on? <laughs> like, and because I have like my Dortmund scarves on my desk and everything, and we give up the penalty, and everyone's just kind of like, mmm, sucks. And then Kobo, and I just like jump out of my chair. I was like, come on. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then we get the penalty a few minutes later, just a wild 10 minutes. And which Royce actually converts. It was a good response after the penalty save too. I mean, we game could have easily gone the other way if we considered less than five minutes in. But yeah, Royce converts the penalty. I think the last time that Dortmund has lo- not con- not converted a penalty in the Champions League was 2019 against Barcelona, which funny enough was also Royce who missed that one. But um, yeah, big time player making a big time uh, goal there. Royce... Um, Converting that one, we played a bit more pragmatic after that. Didn't hold as high of like a risky high line as Milan would have hoped, and um, controlled the game a pretty decent for the uh, the remaining of that half. Of course, there were moments, but of um, of danger. But I mean, Hummels just came up in every single challenge this game. I mean, he shut that shit down all ninety minutes. He was simply sensational and i urge every single one of you who are listening that did not watch this game or i guess didn't see many of the hummels highlights uh you can find them on reddit or we reposted them on our twitter too of of a compilation of just his highlights that game 
I mean, he was just phenomenal, man. The timing and the technique of his challenges were just perfectly orchestrated. One of his best Dortmund performances since being back for sure. Um, And I know I said this last year when he was in the Champions League, whenever we played against City, I would argue this one was even better. I mean, I don't have the stats up in front of me. Let me pull that up real quick. Uh, Yeah, that's what I was actually pulling up. Um, uh, I wasn't there. Okay, I have it. Uh, Yeah, nine, which this is what Dortmund posted on their man of the match. But I also, he had like 94% pass accuracy, which isn't on here. But then nine clearances, 10 tackles, 18 duels won. Just Matt's. Matt's Two those successful are, triples few, as well but, from yeah. the center half. He had five passes into the final third. He had seven of his nine long balls that were accurate. Six headed clearances, six recoveries. I mean, he was just all over the place. And again, the timing and the, just the technique of these of these sliding tackles he had. I mean, which he had like you know half a dozen um, at least of this just these these last ditch defending efforts and and, and also just shutting down these plays. Uh, from Milan and again just an an iconic performance from Hummels I mean he like you said fine wine yeah Matt's master class and then I mean the rest of the game too not the rest like outside of Hummels like this it felt very much just like got business done um but and like you said like after I mean I I think you see that mentality not a mentality shift but like a, a management game management uh, recognition or I don't know how to say it exactly, but like to recognize we gave up that penalty. Now we got a chance and we took the lead. Now we got to like not close up shop, but just take care of business. You know, be a little more pragmatic, like you said, uh, but just like understand, okay, now we're on top. We're away. We got to just, I don't know, be, be mentally on uh, and, and be ready. Like they're obviously going to come at us, but we just got to keep hold of the match. And yeah, it felt very like, got the job done. And then we still went on and scored a couple more goals too. Yeah. The, the goal that we conceded um, in the 37th minute from uh, what, how do you say his name? Chuck Weeze, Chuck Weezy. Chuck Weezy. Um, I think, I don't know. I think that Sorry. was really his only real bright moment in the game. He wasn't that dangerous. Uh, most of the time. I think if there's any uh, lively attacker out of all 90 minutes from Milan, I think it was Pulisic. I mean, Giroud was completely um, uh, invisible. I honestly forgot he was on the pitch that whole game barring uh, the missed penalty. But, I mean, yeah, Chuck Weezy didn't do too much either outside of that goal. I mean, you have JBG defending him, so I, I think it was, you know, not too surprising that he did get beat. That, yeah, they cut through. Um, I think tactically we should just have, like, a bit of a shift there so we are not putting himself in those situations because I did see JBG, uh, pu- you know, finding himself defending 1v1s and 2v1s actually, like, a handful of times that first half. So just again, from a tactical standpoint, I think we should be personally trying to like keep them out of those scenarios by closing down space sooner before they get into our box or into that um, defensive third, uh, blocking the passing lanes. I know it's obviously easier said than done. And then just whenever it comes to that sort of moment, just having like literally anyone else defend those, whether it's Sabitzer, Chan, I mean, Royce has been dropping a a lot further back in the last year or two. Um, I just think JBG needs to stay up high. He's already got the freedom on the ball too. Whenever he receives it, and he can be deadly on the counter attack. But even without it, him and Fulkrug, I think, should be the only two players that are staying up because they can link pretty well. Um, so we're just not putting themselves ourselves in that situation. But um, yeah, unfortunate to concede right before half. But other than that, I think we're still doing a pretty good job here of, of uh, bossing the game. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, second half, we obviously see the Bono Gittins goal, which was interesting because it was uh, – wait, was it the – I don't – was that Bono – was that Jamie's goal or Adeyemi where it was blocked and then it kind of – like cross the line. I, I get in the goals mixed up. I don't remember which one was. Jamie did, did score this game, but it came from an assist from Sabitzer, who at, at, initially in this first half, I think he needed to sort, well, us in general, but he definitely needed to sort out his final pass a bit better. His decision-making was a bit off, but good on him for having the recognition and the spatial awareness to find a JBG right at the top of the box and, and get the um, the second goal here right at the hour mark. Yeah, okay. I, I got the goals mixed up. I remember the JBG one now because it was mm-hmm. into the bottom left corner. I was fast forward to Adiemi where uh shot, I think outside of the 18, um, it's like blocked a little bit and then it, it barely bounces over the line and he like swats it out of there, but it was over the goal line. So, uh, I mean, your thoughts on, I don't know if you want to talk Adiemi a little bit, but did you have any thoughts of him coming into this game after some timeout? And uh, I mean, he got a goal, obviously. And I was going to mention this with with Malin before and getting the start for this game, even though that that Malin and I think same goes for Adiemi getting a goal in this one. But I know the Malin goal was an easy tap in. Obviously, he had to do some work to run down the pitch, um, but he can be such a confidence player. And to be obviously, he like JBG overstepped him to got a spot in the starting 11. So for him to come into that match and still get a goal, hopefully that just helps him to keep, keep pushing on. Uh, so he got the start in, in this match on uh, the AC Milan game, didn't get a goal, but uh, I think good for him to get a goal and then get a start. And hopefully he can just continue to build and, and get his form back up. And then Adiemi, we see him coming into this match and he's been obviously struggling a lot, um, getting a lot of criticism this season and for him to get a goal too. Hopefully that, that just helps him kick on. And should have had an assist as well. I mean, moments before um, the missed chance, I mean, he had a phenomenal dribble too, took on two of Milan's defenders. I mean, he was just doing whatever he wanted at that point after he had, he had scored. And yeah, he is he is absolutely a player that just thrives on confidence. And he can be streaky. Hopefully he can you know become more of a consistent player. But whenever he's feeling it, man, he is feeling it. And he, again, just doing whatever he wanted after he scored that goal and he set up uh, Fulkrug on just on a silver platter. That's kind of the, the situation where I said I, I think Fulkrug should be finishing those easier chances. Um, but just a, a fantastic play overall from from Adeyemi setting up that uh, that shot. And uh, I mean, he he just had a pretty solid game in general. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping he can continue riding this confidence and and go into the break. Well, he still have like several matches beforehand, but you know, ride out this this uh, last part of the first half of the season and continue contributing to the team because we need players like him. I mean, JBG is like the only consistent winger on this team right now who can contribute. And there are other great options that have firepower in this team. It's just a matter of trying to actually get them to uh, have a bit more confidence in themselves. And Malin, of course, he scored against Gladbach too. I think that was a 70-day goal drought for him. So, you know, now that you have all three of those players scoring within a week's time we can try to go forward and and you know have more deadly attacks against uh, these some really tough oppositions coming up in the next few weeks yeah um i mean yeah obviously got the three to one win ac milan top of the top of the group will take on psg and i don't remember when that match is but um yeah for the final match of the uh champions league group of death but i mean 
to be in this position and like it, it's got me pretty hyped. I think uh, I feel like we it was season predictions or season hopes and dreams, like maybe last season or before a couple seasons ago. And I was just like, I just want to like I just want to look like a strong team in the Champions League, which we haven't done. Like we've been if we progress, uh, it's just been like scraping by. <laughs> or get knocked knocked into Europa League and then get knocked out immediately. Uh, we just have not been good in Europe, and so I, I'm glad that I'm glad that we're looking strong, and I hope that we can just push push on it and, and secure that top spot. Um, I mean, the PSG Newcastle game. I know, like PSG, like they destroyed us. It was not good, not a good start for us, and they looked pretty good. But they've kind of been, I don't know, a little tilton here and there like the they they got lucky to draw against newcastle with that handball decision which is yeah. pretty wild That's an statement yeah but i like since we're we have them at home which gives me a lot of confidence and hopefully i mean hopefully we just we continue to to grow from these two performances and i feel like we've been playing with a little more confidence in the champions league um, so even if maybe we're faltering a little bit in Bundesliga at that time, like we recognize the moment and can just take it and, and push on top of the table and the run of 16. Yeah. The last time we played PSG at home, of course we won two to one and played really, really well that game granted completely different personnel years ago. But I think with just the atmosphere and everything, and hopefully PSG continue to struggle, uh, we can, we can top this group. I think it's definitely realistic at this point. And something we should be striving for um, because, again, we are in the driver's seat and we need to set ourselves up for the second half of the season because we've been stumbling so much at the beginning of, uh, of this one uh, in August and September. I just have to keep in mind, though, I mean, like I'm very happy about these two victories, but they could have easily gone the other way. Both of them had Gladbach finished that shot or Kramer finished that opportunity in the dying moments of, the, of that game. Or, of course, Giroud converting his penalty in the first five minutes. Um, so just mm-hmm. you know, thankful that both of those things did not happen. But we just have to just recognize that um, against an opposition like Leverkusen this weekend, you know, they're going to be a lot more lethal. And, of course, they're going to be um, – their quality is just through the roof. And they're completely overperforming this season. Of course, they're first in the league. They are 11-1-0, no losses, only one draw. They've won all six of their home games this so uh, this season so far too, um, and only conceding five goals in those in those home six home games um, for Leverkusen this season. So I'm a little spooked. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm a little spooked. I, I know we've picked up some form these past two games, but I'm not feeling great. Uh, Leverkusen again, just really over overperforming. They I think they they can rip up a lot of opponents with their passing quality in their in their combinations through their double pivot. Uh, I've read that they are first in the league and not only total passes per 90, but uh, they lead the league also in one, two passes. So those combinations, uh, they're also very dynamic with how they set up. They can change systems. They can change their shape. They've got a lot of great attacking prowess and players this uh, campaign so far. How are you feeling, Jay? <laughs> I'm not feeling confident, but yeah, I don't know. They're they're such a good team. Uh, they're undefeated in Europe too. I know they're playing Europa League, um, yeah. but still to to be able to maintain this consistent form with Europe European football too is like crazy. 
Um, and I mean, they play, so we're recording this Wednesday night. They play Thursday at two. So, I mean, that could change, but I, I doubt it. They've just been so good. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see him slipping up. I feel like we have a chance to get a result. I don't know if it's a win. I'll probably pick a draw and that's like, we just, I don't know. They're, they're just a machine right now. And I don't know how to compete against them, especially with our, uh, we, we just have to be on it and, we have to put together like a, a team per, full team performance. And I, I just don't have the, the confidence that we might do that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the the game is going to be won either way in the midfield. And it's going to be that much more tough now that Metro is out for the rest of this, this calendar year. Um, of course, Chan is still coming back. You don't know how fit he's going to be. Um, Sabitzer has been playing a lot of football the last few days. Um, so, I mean, everyone's going to be tired, but you just really got to try to pull through because this is going to be one of the games of the season. Um, and definitely from a neutral standpoint of view, this is definitely going to be one of the games of the season. Um, this Sunday, 10.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, yeah, just nervous. <laughs> we, we have we have one day of rest on them uh, since they're playing Thursday. Well, I guess two. We played we played two, Tuesday. Yeah. They're playing Thursday. Yeah. So, we do we do have that going for us, but I think they've been such a good team. I don't know if that's going to matter so much. It's going to, yeah, if we, if we show up, I think we can make a game out of it and we have a chance to get a result. Uh, but that's the question. Cause I think if we have a 30 minutes, like Gladback, there's not going to be a chance to come back from it. Like we have to be on it from the, from the start. We can't give them anything or like we're, we're going to be out of it quickly. Like I don't, I don't see us clawing, clawing back in this game. So yeah, I, but I'll, I mean, I'll predict, I feel like I always want to predict like a win, but this one, I just, I, I'm going to go two, 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 two draw. We'll be right. Prediction. I, I hope we can get any sort of result out of this, but I don't feel great to be honest with you. Um, I'm no obviously tactician or anything like that. I'm just a dude on the internet. Uh, but if anyone is, is curious and, and, you know, looking at the dissection of Chavi Alonso and his Leverkusen side this season, uh, football meta on YouTube has a great, it's not even like 10 minute video of just kind of breaking down um, his tactics and how his team works. And you'll get to see, I think a lot of that on display, of course, this weekend against Dortmund. Um, I'm going to go, I think the listeners might hate me for this, but I'm going to go three, one loss. Oof. 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 I know. <laughs> I, you know what? I hope I'm wrong. I hope I really do. Look I at- do not care. There's one soundbite of me in an episode when Leverkusen came to St. Louis where I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch them. I said, I'm not going to become a Leverkusen fan. Carver freaked out because he thought I was going to become a Leverkusen fan. Look at Carver, though, the Leverkusen fan. They didn't <laughs> win for him. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, of a world that we can actually win this game, but I just, I just, don't, I just don't see it at the moment. I think- Do you remember, remember when Leverkusen came to St. Louis for a preseason? pretty much yeah. a shabby alonzo preseason yeah with you're welcome leverkusen yet mm. what do you mean you're, well, you're welcome for what <laughs> we helped them we helped them get here st louis <laughs> helped them get here a year ago because they came shabby alonzo was just hired and he had this little world cup break preseason and it started in st louis so you're welcome for you're welcome it all uh, started with that three nil Club friendly on November 16th, 2022 against, yeah, (laughs) cities, St. Louis city's second team. And and ever since then, man, he's just been, they've been cruising. 
that that was so that was a year just for anyone who sorry Carver and I we're going just down to St. Louis well if you don't know Carver and I are from St. Louis we live in St. Louis um, and they did they played a friendly against City 2 um, last November it was uh, a year ago like a year and two weeks um, and I was looking through those photos and it was it is cool like it is cool like looking back and seeing photos of Xabi Alonso like at City Park the stadium uh, I don't know it, that's cool and to see like they're just killing it right now right. so to look at it from that perspective not a Dortmund fan perspective, but uh, just an overall like soccer and St. Louis soccer fan perspective like that. That's cool to look back on. Um, anyways, that's enough Leverkusen. Um, we do have Stuttgart coming up to um, in the Pokal on Wednesday, the 6th. So we have uh, Leverkusen Sunday, quick turnaround, midweek match, Wednesday against Stuttgart. And we know how that last game went. For that game, do you have any predictions for that one? I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to go, we win against Stuttgart with a 2-1. Mm, I like that prediction. I'd, I'll say 2-1 also. I don't think we can get three. Um, but yeah, that that's one where we also just have to be on it. They So their upcoming matches, like they have Leverkusen the weekend after us. Um, and then Bayern Munich the next week. Granted, like that, that's a lot of time where they don't need to rotate. But they have a maybe see some rotation to get ready for their Leverkusen game. I don't know. Cause they're not playing European football. So they're not playing as consistently as we are. And they might not be ready for like, they, they be this last time pretty bad, but I don't know. Maybe we can catch them with it being with being a little more used to the two matches a week rotation. Maybe that's where we can get them, but I don't know. It's going to be tough. Most of my confidence is riding on, us getting rattled against Leverkusen and then just having some sort of response to try to save our season because then we would be knocked out of the Pokal and and it would just be it'd be pretty uh sad day. Yeah. I yeah. I was thinking a lot about I mean the Vatska comments and like what is the what is the goal? Cuz if I know there's the comment about backing Terzic to get top four and if he's on track to do that and it's like there there should be so much more we're striving for right and i i hope that we're putting a lot of stake in the pokal and i i don't know if we are but like it seems like if we get by cool and then they're not too set too upset if we go out i don't know i just want to i just want to win something so i want to we have such a good chance to win the pokal so i really hope we go for it and i hope i don't know i'd just be really sad if we go out yeah it hasn't lost on me whatsoever and i actually think about it still pretty much almost every day but just goes to show you again how unique of an opportunity may 27th was i mean just really depressing anyway (laughs) thanks for listening (laughs) goal differential (laughs) yeah anyways yep um we didn't say it early on but if you're new to the podcast really appreciate it hanging out and listening um we've been doing this for a couple of years two and a half years now. yeah um and yeah it's always it's always fun it's always seen uh it's always fun seeing your guys feedback and I, I think i i hadn't checked like ratings or reviews in a while and we had some pretty nice ones i don't remember what they are off the top of my head but we had some really nice ones um from a while back um and yeah that's cool and then seeing just the everyone listening um from all over the world I don't know why I'm getting sentimental, maybe because it's Thanksgiving and, and Christmas is coming up. And but. Spotify rap dropped today. So we had that, some people that, reaching out. 
talking about or mentioning us in their Spotify rap, which is very nice. Thank you to everyone who has listened to us for one minute or a few thousand minutes, however long. Thank you very much for engaging with the show and just participating in any way. It means a lot. That's the perfect plug. If we're in your Spotify wrapped, please let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the socials. But yeah, we, uh, which is at the BVB pod. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you can find links to our socials. You can find our email if you're not on social and you want to reach out. Uh, everything you you might need is in, uh, yeah, is in the the link description of this episode. Um, and then I, Carver, I know well we texted, but I don't think I responded. But are you going? Do you know if I was gonna just gonna ask about watching Leverkusen this Sunday? Do you know if there's plans? Because this is we always say it about the Bayern Munich game, but this is a a big game to watch if you want to get out and go to your local pub or uh, if if some supporter groups are having watch parties. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for that too and, and post and reshare on our socials. But do you know, is St. Louis guys doing anything at Amsterdam? I have not heard anything, but I will, I'll be there though. All right. At Nate, let us know. Maybe we'll see yeah. you. Yeah. At Chaz. See you there. Chaz. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. But if you, uh, which I'll give this plug to real quick. If you, have never watched, gone to like a local pub to watch a, a Dortmund game. This is a good game to do it. Good, good game to meet some people. So if, like I said, we'll retweet and share uh, some of the supporters groups that we know of and we're connected with. And then there's also a website where you can find local supporter groups in your area if you want to find some people. So check that out in the description of this episode. And that's I've said that way too many times. Um, so that, that wraps this episode again, Leverkusen Sunday, 1130 central or Eastern time, uh, Stuttgart next Wednesday. And we'll probably be back after that Stuttgart game. I want to do another episode, but yeah, we'll see you then. Thanks guys.